Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Leicester City update with Jim Knight, who, of course, you can find at Jim Knight 88 on Twitter and various goal and perform things. Um, Jim, very glad to have you back on. Sorry it's under the circumstances. Um, we addressed uh, the, the tragedy the day after it happened, but we didn't want to get into details because we didn't know them yet, so we figured uh, the time to do it would be now when you were able to come on. Uh, so let's just start off with uh, Kum Vichai, who is now obviously uh, departed, um, and what his impact was on both the club and community uh, since he uh, took ownership of Leicester. Yeah, it's obviously a, a sad circumstance that we have to talk about this, but um, over the last couple of weeks, I think people have... Um, not come to terms with it, but maybe come to appreciate uh, Vichai and what he's done for both Leicester City as a football club and for the wider community as well. Um, I think it's impossible to overstate his impact on Leicester City as a football club. He has allowed Leicester City fans to live out the most incredible footballing journey. Um, And I've been lucky enough to be a big part of that and to see um, it, it as it kind of grew it's it's easy to forget, I think, that the King Power ownership only took over the club in, in 2010, um, 2011, kind of when the takeover was actually completed. Um, so actually, in those eight short years, they've achieved a mammoth amount, you know, to, to take a club from the championship as we were um, then to a, a Premier League club is is fantastic in itself. But to have the two seasons, certainly uh, the Premier League title winning season, um, and to have the following Champions League uh, run that we had to the to the quarterfinals was just, you know, it was incredible that um, it it happened in such a way that was so unexpected. And I think Leicester City became a lot of people's second teams almost. I think people identified with the underdog story and kind of saw them. Certainly, I've heard it a lot said of, of fans. Um, from the football league, so maybe outside the kind of established Premier League elite, that it allows clubs of a certain stature to believe that almost anything is possible in a in a footballing um, sense, which is fantastic. And I think a lot of the reason people go to football is is to dream of days like that, whether it be you know it's all relative, whether it be a cup final. Um, whether it be promotion to another division or, you know, in, in our case, achieving the, the pinnacle of English football um, in winning the Premier League. It's just incredible. And 
the King Power ownership. You know, we owe we owe everything as Leicester City fans to uh, VGI, his family, and the, not only the money that he's put into the club, which is obviously substantial, but also the steady hand kind of behind the scenes um, that we've seen and the the patience, the understanding, um, and the genuine you know the genuine care with which he's handled the football club, which unfortunately is not something you could say about a lot of owners these days. Yeah, and it certainly seems like his uh, passing brought the community together. I, I saw a photo that you uh, had put out on Twitter where an actual fox was trotting through, um, <laughs> yeah. which was just both an incredible photo and, and definitely an emotionally provoking one. Um, what have you made of the response, uh, again, by the club and community uh, since his passing? I know they gave away the, the T-shirts um, at the match against Cardiff, but giving things away was kind of part of... Uh, his tenure as as yeah. owner, I know, with the beers and, and stuff like that, the year you won the title. Um, but, but what have you made the? Res- but what have you made of the response uh, since then? It's it's been overwhelming. Like I personally have have kind of obviously you have that initial shell shock and that numbness that you just kind of can't believe it's happened. But after you you start to get your head around it from a um, a mental standpoint, I think it really it certainly really hit me that the the outpouring of grief and emotion that we saw not just from Leicester City fans but you're right Kevin fans from all over the the country and the world um I've been down to the King Park Stadium um since the memorial kind of sprung up it almost I don't think it was ever planned I think it just kind of it, it spontaneously happened that people would start to kind of lay flowers at the King Park Stadium obviously the site of the horrific crash um, and it became that that central hub and that shrine for people to meet and remember and and to show their appreciation for for what Vichai did um, and and to mourn the passing of those five passengers that were on the helicopter on the Sunday uh, or, or on the Saturday night as it was and then we had the terrible news confirmed on the Sunday evening following. Um, it was it, it, the way the club have handled the passing in obviously horrifically difficult circumstances has been. I think one of the most miraculous things about um, the last kind of week or two, because we've seen just how um, well organised and well run the club is, you know, within a few days, there was a, um, not only a, a huge amount of tributes from from fans that were being organised into kind of sections outside the ground to, to allow people to not only lay their own um, personal token of affection and, and kind of remembrance, but um, a book of condolence was set up outside the ground. Physically, there's five different books of condolence there. Um, and people have been queuing for hours on occasion to, to kind of sign um, that and to, to put down in words how they feel about what's happened. Um, I went down on, on Friday uh, almost uh, four or five days ago now as we record and it, you know it's got this eerie sense of of kind of of mourning but also of celebration about it and I think you know in these situations it's easy to get bogged down in, in what a horrific tragedy it actually is and I think it's important to to remember the celebration part of 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 what you know has been the last week or so because we have a lot to celebrate as Leicester City fans. And obviously it's not a situation we envisage ourselves being in um, anytime soon, but we've been able to relive a lot of the um, joyous, beautiful moments that the, the club have given us um, under Fichar's ownership and, and stewardship as well. And, you know, you talk about the impact in with the fan base, you know, 
those t-shirts given away at Cardiff are just another example of the kind tokens of affection. And they, they are tokens of affection. They are um, a way of thanking the, the continued um, support of the crowd, especially at away games, you know, even going back a few years when we were chasing promotion in the championship, I remember going to several games at the likes of Burnley and Blackburn and Wigan. You know, these aren't, they're not long journeys, really. There are clubs, you know, Leicester is a geographical city is, is relatively good because you're smack bang in the middle of England. It's nothing's too far away, essentially. Um, but those those um, journeys, some of them were subsidised by the club in terms of the coach travel, which is obviously fantastic and encourages people to get out on the road and support the team. But also things like free breakfasts. If you were going on the official club travel, you would get you know you get to the stadium um, a, a half an hour before the coach departed, and they give you a cup of tea or coffee, um, a bacon or sausage roll or sandwich uh, to take with you. Um, you know, we've had cupcakes and donuts on on the chairman's birthday. We've had beers as a token of our appreciation. There are a number of little trinkets and special edition bags of crisps. When Jamie Vardy scored his 11th Premier League goal in a row, um, you know, little pin badges commemorating the title win. Um, and you know, they are just tokens of affection rather than kind of anything more sinister they're not a bribe to the fan base they're not a way to keep us satisfied because no one no one expects it but everyone appreciates it when they do come around because the ownership didn't have to do that vichy didn't have to reach into his own pocket and give back in the way that he has um, and i think it's not only the fans that have benefited from his ownership but the local community as well he's sunk so much money that we know about there's probably a lot more that we don't and i've labored this point several times with people that i've spoken to in the last week that you know we know about the two million pounds that he gave to leicester um children's hospital when it was being built we know about the million pounds that he's donated to the um Leicester University research, Medical Research Department. We know about another million pounds that he gave the Foxes Foundation, which is actually today just been renamed in his honour as well, um, which is a fantastic touch from the club and a, a wonderful way to commemorate um, an exceptional person who had such a big impact on this, the city um, and the surrounding areas. But there's probably a lot of those donations that have gone unpublicized as well because Vichai never sought out the publicity. You know, he was very um, kind of very visible at games and around the club and very affable by all accounts from the people that have had the ability to, you know, to recount stories of, of interacting with him. And that's wonderful, but he was very rarely heard. There was very little media, um, you know, done by the family as a whole. There was a few interviews done around the time that we got promoted to the Premier League. And I think that's when the, we'd like to be a championship uh, champions league club within five years or four years. I think it was at the time the, the that line came out Um and, you know, we hear that so often from especially foreign owners that take over English football clubs or British football clubs. Um, and a lot of the time it's kind of laughed out of, of the press because it's very unrealistic. But actually, they managed to not only achieve that incredible dream, but on time as well. Um, in fact, ahead of, ahead of that, 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 that self-imposed time frame, which is obviously just it, there was some amount of, of kind of looking at, I suppose, but a lot of it is down to the how well the club was run, how well they invested the money that they did um, and how much faith they put in the staff to, to, to guide us to the right place. But, yeah, you know, the city and the community as a whole will uh, pay, uh, you know, have a unmeasurable, immeasurable gratitude, uh, debt of gratitude to, to Kun and Kun Vichai. And I think it's it's really important that, you know, he's remembered for what he did away from the football pitch almost as much as what he did on it, because that impact will last 
just as long as the memories of um, the the title winning season and the Champions League campaign that followed. Yeah, speaking of remembrance, obviously at the Cardiff match, the t-shirts which we mentioned, and then uh, uh, when uh, Damari Gray scored, he had a undershirt that that uh, was praising the boss, and then. Uh, after the match, there was also kind of a farewell ceremony of sorts. Um, just kind of talk us through that match and the emotional highs and lows. It was, yeah, it was an emotional afternoon, I think, for for everybody, whether they were they were in in Cardiff or not. Um, I think, as much as we talk about the the incredible response by the club, I think that was demonstrated perfectly on the pitch against Cardiff. I think the reaction of the players given what they'd been through, um, you know, only a few days earlier was wonderful. And I think all credit to them for the way that they not only um, paid their respects in such a, such a way um, and the kind of the unwavering gratitude and sense of um, camaraderie between the squad at that point and the management and the staff as a whole. Um, I think you saw it was perfectly encapsulated with the kind of minute silence before kickoff in Cardiff when it wasn't just the 11 players um, that were taken to the pitch for that that game as the starting 11. It wasn't just the matchday squad of 18. It was most of the Leicester backroom staff that were on that centre circle um, in Cardiff. And I think that just is it's a perfectly poignant kind of illustration of what Leicester City is about it's it's the club itself is a family and I think that's the way it should be viewed and as as a family would deal with a bereavement like Leicester City have had people have come together and you know obviously it's unfortunate that I say it's unfortunate it's a difficult situation with with Damari Gray because he, he scores he reveals his undershirt with the message of support on and by the letter of the law you know that is against the rules and is an automatic booking if you do that the same as removing your shirt have you ever um, seen a referee look more sheepish no and i kind of understand why because i wouldn't have liked to have been in that situation because to some degree you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't now i think a lot of people would have preferred the referee in question to err on the side of not booking damari gray but then that opens something of a can of worms because if that had come back to to haunt leicester potentially in the game say damari gray had missed time to tackle for which he was booked um, in the last few minutes, and the game, you know, the game was only a one-nil victory. Now we can debate all day long about the Solbamba handball and and how Leicester probably should have been further ahead by that point. But say Damari Gray goes in late um, on on a player and, and is booked, that opens a can of worms because people will say, well, he should have, by the letter of the law, he should have been booked for taking his shirt off. So I think the re- the referee was put in a very difficult position. I completely understand why Demario Gray did it. And I think all the players probably, I haven't had it confirmed that this is the case, but I would imagine all of the players had a similar message underneath their shirts so that whoever scored would do the same thing. Now, it's a diff- yeah, it's a difficult situation because the referee is, is is obliged to abide by the rules of the Football Association who've stated that that is a yellow card offence. Um, I suppose it's relatively lucky in a way that it didn't come back to be more of an issue. And actually the, the debate is around whether or not they should have let him off because of the exceptional circumstances of which they're in. And obviously that was very widely known. But again, that then causes problems in case there's ever a similar situation down the line. And then it becomes a case of what aboutism when, you know, it, it happens again. So, yeah, as you say, there's probably never going to be a more sheepish booking um, in Premier League history than that. 
Um, thankfully, it didn't have a big impact on the game. There was no kind of further repercussions of it. And the after effects have been a kind of moral debate rather than a footballing one, which is probably preferable, to be honest, um, rather than it kind of having an impact on the game, because I think that probably would have soured the occasion a little bit. Um, so, yeah, understandable refereeing in difficult position. I can see why he did it. Um, but understandably, he was probably prepared for the fact that he was going to catch some flack as well from from the kind of general public and and various people who felt that it was uh, it was unwarranted. Yeah, then obviously a lot of things happened after the match, including the the uh, club. I, I don't know how many members, but uh, there was a flight after the the match to Bangkok. Yeah, so the vast majority, I think, of the playing squad have gone out to um, to Thailand. Um, to pay their respects to the the at the funeral of Kumvichai, and the way that I understand it, um, obviously I'm I'm no expert in Thai culture or Thai um, kind of uh, religious kind of ceremonies or, or, or what happens in these situations. But uh, the way that it, it's certainly been portrayed over here is that the funeral essentially lasts about a week um, in terms of it being um, that long in. In, in time and opportunity and various kind of ceremonies that allow people to, to pay their respects. So I think it's great that the players have flown out um, to Thailand and, and I don't know if it's everybody, but there are certainly a lot of the playing squad and management that are out there. Um, and understandably so, you know, I think a lot of the players' tributes that we've heard and seen um, from, from former players as well as current players, you know, the likes of Riyad Mahrez um, and Golo Kante, um, who's obviously very quiet and reserved and doesn't often speak out about anything, to be honest. Um, you know, Danny Drinkwater, who, who put quite an emotional tribute um, out after after the crash itself. You know, what we've seen from players like him, plus the more vocal members of the squad, Wes Morgan, Jamie Vardy and Casper Schmeichel in particular, who is exceptionally close to the family and I think is probably one of the hardest suffering players, given that he was on the scene um, just after it happened. He's obviously been through a horrific experience and you know I don't think he would wish that on anybody um, and obviously it's really difficult to know what to do with yourself in that situation but for them to fly out and engage with the culture that brought about you know the um, the the historic kind of fairy tale ending to to what was a fantastic rise to fame for, for Leicester City as a football club um, you know is brilliant um, and that pinnacle being the the Premier League title win, um, so much of the kind of Buddhist and, and Thai culture is ingrained in the football club now, um, and and that's all down to to Vichai and and Top, his son, who's vice chairman, um, and what they've brought to the city and to the football club. You know, they they've brought their own culture into Leicester City, and they've done it in such a way where it hasn't altered or changed the, the the core dynamic of the football club but it's only added to it you know we've seen buddhist monks in the king power stadium blessing the players blessing the pitch um and, and kind of veto was a big believer in karma and the 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 good um side of, of that equation that if you are able to give back and that you do then you know it will come back around to you and um i think it's it's fantastic that the players and the staff have gone out to thailand um to to engage in that um that culture and to see and maybe I, i'm sure it'd be a huge learning experience for all of them um a bit more about um you know vichai's background about thai and, and buddhist um ceremonies when these terrible things happen and you know i think it will bring them closer and give them a sense of closure to some degree because 
it will be so different to, I'm sure, anything that any of them have potentially experienced before. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, turning it to the football, which obviously seems insignificant at times in, in reaction. Um, what has this done to the fan base in terms of expectations for the club, have they lessened or relaxed, or maybe is that not really a thought at the moment of of how this will affect the the club on the pitch throughout the rest of the season? It's going to sound like a bit of a cop out, I think, but it's so difficult to tell um, at the moment because I think everybody is still so um, consumed with what happened off the pitch that it's very difficult for people to to fully process that and then. Um, put that into um, kind of thoughts about what happens on the pitch going forward. If if I, I had to kind of plump for one side or the other, I'd say it probably means this season is is something of a, not a free hit or a write-off, but that's the wrong word and the wrong terminology for it. But I think there will be a lowering of expectation around this year. I think we came into the season expecting... Um, a top half finish, and I think there will be less pressure now on, say, Claude Puel um, and the, the key players to deliver that because of the fact that this is this is obviously going to impact the players. Um, you know, there's nobody expecting this to be over when they get back from Thailand in terms of that grieving process, and you know, all of us, I, I'm guessing, will probably have been through some some kind of grief, some kind of loss um, that in our lives and people react to it differently. People take different amounts of time to come to terms with things. And rightly so, you know, everybody is different. Um, and we can't expect people to be on the same timeline as each other um, at certain points. And I think there will be some, I think there will be a lot more understanding. Let's put it like that. I think people will have their expectations lowered. And I think people will be a lot more open to the possibility that this is going to have a longer lasting effect than just one match. Obviously, the result at Cardiff was was poignant. It was fantastic. And it was a, a brilliant way to honour um, a fantastic man and a, a huge part of the football club and what what we've been about for the last eight or nine years. Um, but that's not to say that that will transfer over, you know, to, to other matches. And I think it kind of pushes the reset button. I think that's maybe the best way to to, to describe it. I think it will bring people back down to to a, to, to a level where 
they aren't expecting the earth anymore. Leicester fans have struggled with expectation. And Kev, we've spoken about this on numerous occasions in the last couple of years since the title win. Leicester City as a club have struggled to come to terms with their identity in terms of what they should expect um, because of this super high bar that was set by that title win in 2015-16. The following two seasons have been really difficult because if you take the previous year and the great escape, um, you know, before we won the title, then Leicester City as a club were just glad to be in the Premier League. But after you go through something like that, I think for certain sections of the fan base, they then believe that that should be the norm for Leicester or that it should be all right towards the upper echelon of what can be achieved. But people were believing that we should be qualifying for Europe every year. And it, football just doesn't work like that. It was it was such a ridiculous kind of underdog long shot story that you can't use that as your basis for what should happen going forward. But nevertheless, the club's ownership are ambitious as well. Um, you know, and that's been shown by the you know the sacking of um, Claudio Ranieri, the sacking of Craig Shakespeare after he'd, he'd taken over and steadied the ship so well. The ownership have taken the decisions that have been right for the club, whether they be hard or not, time and time again. And actually part of that must be born out of an expectation that the club should move on to bigger and better things um, and and try and, uh, you know, and strive for that established Premier League club mentality and looking towards the upper end of the table now and kind of kicking on towards Europe. So while this season... Um, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, obviously, it's happened only a kind of 10 or 11 games into the campaign. So whether or not that will be the long-lasting effect throughout the rest of the campaign, I don't know. But certainly for now, I think there's going to be a, um, a level of expectation tempering. But also, I think there are a lot of people who believe that some kind of triumph this year would be the perfect tribute and that that should motivate the players. You know, we've got a, um, obviously the the, the Carabao Cup game with Southampton um, a couple of days after the crash happened was postponed. That will be replayed at the end of November. Then um, if, if Leicester are to get through that game, there will be a home match with, with Manchester City um, in the quarterfinals. A lot of people are looking at things like the League Cup to kind of say, well, that would be the perfect tribute to pay to um, a dearly you know, departed and, and appreciated owner. Um, whether or not that comes to fruition or not, it, is, is, it remains to be seen. But... Um, I certainly think people won't be expecting it, but I think there are some um, parts of the fan base um, that obviously I've spoken to that feel that it would be a fitting tribute if something like that were to be achieved in this year of all years. All right, and then taking a step back to look at the even bigger picture, obviously this leaves you without an owner. I know his son um, is involved in the club. Is there an expectation that he or, or some other member of the family would take ownership or, or what, what is the large scale ramification of this uh, in terms of the top down at the club? Yeah. So um, it's uh, Vichar's son top who, who has been vice chairman for six years now um, at Leicester city has um, I think been the driving for he's been at his dad's right hand really um, throughout the vast majority of the King Power ownership. So there is a natural successor and he's issued a statement. You know, it was a very emotional statement um, towards the end of last week about how he wanted to carry on his dad's legacy 
um, and continue his dad's dream almost. You know, they've obviously spoken about their their ambitions for Leicester City as a wider kind of thing, not just the next three or four years, but, you know, potentially the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Um and how they expect their ownership to, to pan out in terms of results on the pitch and, you know, the wider view for um, the, the club. Um, so I think it's a fairly stable situation. Um, it's not like that it now falls to someone who who either doesn't have an interest or hasn't been a part of the football club. Top has been there every step of the way um, and could quite easily on another day have been on that helicopter too. Um, they regularly use it as the mode of transport to get to and from the grounds together. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, it was by chance that I think he wasn't on, on the helicopter on that fateful Saturday night. So um, there is a natural successor in top and he has been such a big part of the club. And, you know, he's really close to some of the players and the management. And I think you see, you know, there was pictures of Jamie Vardy and him kind of arm in arm almost on the pitch when they were laying tributes to to Kumbichai. Um, on the Monday um, after the crash happened and obviously with the, the sad news confirmed. Um, and, you know, there are various reports that um, Top was the person who talked um, his dad out of sacking Nigel Pearson at some point during the, the great escape season um, and to give him the opportunity to, to stick with it and to to to... to, to bring about what was a miraculous escape from relegation um, in that last 10-game spell. So I think the future remains bright for Leicester City because I think there will be a a sense of continuity um, in the ownership now. Um, I don't think it's going to change uh, the situation. I think you know things operating as normal is, is the wrong phrase, but I think there will be that continuity where not a lot changes from uh, an ownership or a stability point of view, which obviously as a Leicester City fan is, is a very comforting thought after what, what is such a horrendous kind of couple of weeks um, events. Um, there's, a, there's a new training ground in the, in the pipeline. £100 million has been allocated to, to build a new training complex outside the city um, to the north. Um, and, you know, those kind of projects to bring the club not up to a standard of a Champions League club, but to lay the foundations um, for what we believe to be a long-term project is really encouraging. And, you know, that kind of continued investment in the infrastructure and the stadium potentially being expanded because of how often it's sold out now and the increased kind of interest from a local community um, and how many season tickets we've got. There aren't a huge amount of general sale tickets anymore for games. Um, so there's kind of plans to expand the stadium and, and things like that to, to go with it as the club's reputation continues to grow. Um, and obviously the money in football continues to grow as well due to the TV deals and various commercial um, side deals. So I think from an ownership point of view and from a continuity point of view, there's plenty there to, to be um, optimistic about um, going forward. And, um, you know, I guess we'll just see, we'll see Top's vision for Leicester City and um, how he sees it going forward over the, over the coming weeks and months. All right. Well, Jim, thanks so much for joining us today. We know it's not an easy topic to discuss, but we're very glad uh, you came and did so with us. Um, is there anywhere uh, folks can find you either talking about this or hopefully lighter fare? Yeah, so um, there's, a, there's a couple of uh, tri- tributes, kind of pieces that we've put, been put out, uh, that we've put out over the last uh, week or so. The main one will be, um, there's a video on the goal.com uh, YouTube page um, and Facebook page as well, which is, is myself and Miles Chambers from, from Goal uh, talking about uh, Kun Vijay, his, his legacy um, and, you know, the amazing kind of impact that he had on the football club. 
Um, so you can find that on on YouTube, on the Goal YouTube channel, or um, or on Facebook. And um, there's more stuff from me personally on Twitter um, at Jim Knight eighty eight. And, and as Kev alluded to in the intro, I uh, I work for a company called Perform, um, who handle um, various uh, football websites, including Goal.com and Soccerway.com. And my particular uh, specialism is is betting. So a lot of the stuff that um, we produce is is around that kind of thing. So if if that's of of interest to you, um, check us out on on Goal and, and Soccerway, and yeah, get in touch. All right, well, Jim, thanks again for joining us. Uh, absolute pleasure, although uh, a little bit dampened by the topic. Um, but thanks for joining us, and folks at home, we hope you keep listening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.